the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The battle for Ukraine's Mariupol. We will most definitely unleash uh, cyber attacks on Ukraine. Nomination hearing for Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. We will conduct a thorough, exhaustive examination of Judge Jackson's record and views. 500 workers at Chevron's refinery went on strike in California. But it's something that really powers the world economy. And This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, March 22nd. I'm Mike Scott. The war in Ukraine and the battle for Ukraine's strategic port of Mariupol raged on Monday as Ukraine rejected a Russian offer to evacuate its troops from the besieged city. Russian bombardment continued to hit it and other cities in Ukraine. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky saying about 400 civilians were taking shelter at an art school in the Sea of Azov port city when it was struck by a Russian bomb. Warning that relations with the U.S. are on the verge of a breach, Russia has summoned the U.S. ambassador to protest President Joe Biden's criticism of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Rebecca Koffler, host of Censored But Not Silence and author of Putin's Playbook, joined the Daybreak Insider podcast to discuss Putin's next steps in Ukraine and his informational war against the U.S. With Ukraine rejecting Russian calls for surrender of Mariupol, what does she believe Putin's next steps will be? Putin is going absolutely to escalate. Um, when things don't go well for Putin, and they haven't been, the plan that he has worked out has not survived contact with the adversary, right? So this was a massive and present failure. He completely did not... Um, did not anticipate such a tremendous uh, will to fight, and so he's just simply going to escalate, and he has. Kofler explains what warfare she believes Vladimir Putin will use next. The Russian military struck a chemical plant in Ukraine, creating effectively a uh, chemical warfare-type environment. So um, he will most definitely unleash uh, cyber attacks on Ukraine in some parts of Europe and possibly even in the United States. And our president, Joe Biden, has announced today um, that our businesses need to brace for Russian cyber attacks, regretfully. Does the jailing of Russian citizens protesting the war remind Kofler of growing up in the Soviet Union. I see a lot of similarities. Um, in fact, Putin has been cracking down in a Stalin-esque, uh, red terror type of manner on the Russians who do not support the war, who are speaking out and speaking the truth, protesting against 
Putin's warfare on fellow Slavic people, the Ukrainians. Kofler points out to a recent speech by Putin that highlights how his government has embraced its Soviet past. Putin announced in his speech on 17th of March that uh, each Russian person needs to rat out, so to speak, um, somebody whom he calls the fifth column. And by that, he um, means traitors, those who are traitors in his view. But in reality, these are people who want to speak truth to power and who want to tell Putin that war is just simply not acceptable. As a person who has grown up in Soviet Russia, does it concern her when she sees so many American youth wearing T-shirts with a hammer and sickle? It absolutely concerns me. Um, the Russians um, are waging what they call information warfare. Uh, they have a benign, a rather benign word for it, information confrontation. But in reality, what it is, is really warfare. And that warfare has two primary targets. The first target is our networks, our systems, uh, government, military, businesses, think tanks, they want to cripple those networks either with uh, ransomware or with uh, denial of service attacks. But the second target is really American mind. It is the type of cyber virus that the Russians have been planting for decades in our information space. In fact, Kofler highlights a Russian defector in the 1980s who tried to warn America about Russia meddling in our education system. Back in the 80s, we were warned by a Russian defector. Uh, his name was Yuri Bizmenov. Uh, he wondered that the Russians had a four-step program to transform the American society from a free capitalist society into a socialist society. And today we see the results of that. And I can't attribute the entire, you know, thing, the entire results to the Russians. Uh, some of it is homegrown, uh, no doubt. Kofler details parts of the plan. But the seeds were planted by the Russians. So the fact that um, Bernie Sanders, AOC, and all these other uh, left-leaning politicians are normalizing the narrative about socialism frightens me because I grew up under it and it's an evil system. I don't want it here for any of my fellow Americans, for my children. I don't want it for anyone. So what can the average American do to protect themselves from Russian disinformation? You just have to have common sense, right? When you go on the Internet... Um, the American people should know that not every source is equal. Not every source is uh, telling you the truth. And unfortunately, it's becoming more and more difficult to discern what you can trust and what you can't. Because ironically, what I see right now in America is the emergence of the so-called party line. And Kofler believes for America to survive, we have to adhere to true Plurality. I see the silencing of conservative voices, of religious voices. And so this is why it is very important for us to really uphold the true 
plurality of opinions so that people can decide for themselves what it is that they need to believe. But yes, you need to be discriminating uh, as far as which source to trust and which not to trust. Our special thanks to Rebecca Kofler, author of the book, Putin's Playbook, for joining the Daybreak Insider podcast. You can purchase her book on Regnery.com or on Amazon.com and follow her on Twitter at Rebecca0132. The U.S. is warning of potential cyber attacks by the Russian government. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reports. White House Cyber Advisor Ann Neuberger says the Biden administration is reiterating its previous warnings about potential malicious activity. And we're doing so based on evolving threat intelligence that the Russian government is exploring options for potential cyber attacks on critical infrastructure in the United States. Despite the renewed warning, she says there is no certainty there will be a cyber incident on critical infrastructure. Greg Clugston, Washington. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the violent repression of the largely Muslim Rohingya population in Myanmar amounts to genocide. The declaration on Monday is intended to both generate international pressure and lay the groundwork for potential legal action. The Secretary of State says he's determined that Myanmar's repression of the Muslim population there constitutes genocide. Beyond the Holocaust... The United States has concluded the genocide was committed seven times. Today marks the eighth, as I have determined that members of the Burmese military committed genocide and crimes against humanity against Rohingya. Blinken says his declaration against the government of Myanmar comes amid the attack against civilians in Ukraine, many of whom experienced atrocities in the past. Ukraine is home to nearly 10,000 Holocaust survivors including an 88-year-old woman, Natalia Bernzaya of Odessa. Here's what she said in a recent interview, and I quote, It's hard to wrap my mind around the fact that in 1941, I had to hide in the basement of this building, and that I'm going to have to do that again now. Blinken goes on to say the military in Myanmar has made it clear it is working to extinguish the population of Rohingya Muslims through atrocities against civilians. That intent has been corroborated by the accounts of soldiers who took part in the operation and later defected, such as one who said he was told by his commanding officer to, and I quote, shoot at every sight of a person, end quote, burn villages, rape and kill women. Orders that he and his unit carried out. The Senate Judiciary Committee began its historic confirmation hearings for Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson. The 51-year-old federal judge would be the first black woman on the Supreme Court. Barring a significant misstep by Jackson, Democrats who control the Senate by the slimmest of margins intend to wrap up confirmation hearings before Easter. Senate Judiciary Committee ranking member Iowa Senator Charles Grassley expects Jackson will be questioned about a few of her rulings on the D.C. Circuit Court. As for a district court record, there have been some accusations that we cherry-pick some of Judge Jackson's criminal cases. Well, don't worry. We're going to talk about other cases as well. Grassley says panel Republicans will not do to her what Democrats did to Brett Kavanaugh 
at his confirmation hearing four years ago. We will conduct a thorough, exhaustive examination of Judge Jackson's record and views. We won't try to turn this into a spectacle based upon alleged process fouls. Grassley says Republicans are committed to not making the hearings a spectacle. What we will do, however, is ask tough questions about Judge Jackson's judicial philosophy. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham says it's clear who does want Kentaji Brown Jackson on the high court. Now we're facing a choice sponsored by the most radical elements of the Democratic Party when it comes to how to be a judge. They have the most radical view of what a judge should do. And you were their choice. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin says some Republicans claim Kentaji Brown Jackson is soft on crime. These baseless charges are unfair. A conservative National Review columnist called claims brought by one of my colleagues, quote, meritless to the point of demagoguery. They fly in the face of pledges my colleagues made that they would approach your nomination with civility and respect. Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy says Brown Jackson, in his opinion, is an impartial jurist contrary to how some Republicans he believes are describing her. Let's make a few things clear. Judge Jackson is no judicial activist. She is not a puppet of the so-called radical left. While some critics of Republicans are already citing racism for any opposition to Brown Jackson's nomination, former White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany joined Fox News to say that Republicans do have legitimate reasons to push back against her nomination. When she was confirmed for this position, mind you, last year, here is what she said when Ted Cruz asked her if the Constitution is a living document. She said, I have not had any cases that have required me to develop a view of constitutional interpretation of text in the way that the Supreme Court has to do. Okay, so you've had no cases that have required you to do the job of a Supreme Court justice, number one. And then she goes on to say, I believe the Constitution is an enduring document as a lower court judge interpret provisions the way in which the Supreme Court does. They look at text in the original meaning of the Constitution. Then she issued a clarification because she sounded too much like a Clarence Thomas there talking about originalism and said, oh, I I just have to do what the Supreme Court tells me to do for now because I'm not in that position. My point is she's been all over the map. She's been rebuked by Obama judges on the deportation case in an AFL-CIO case. There are plenty of facts, Ellie Mistal, out there for why people would oppose this nomination. It's not rooted in racism. Meanwhile, Fox News' Harris Faulkner believes that focusing on her race and not her case history is actually demeaning. He's our president together, but politically he belongs to them. Their man in the White House has said, I'm putting a black woman in this position. She's the one who's in the chair. They've got the majority. So they know that this is a foregone conclusion. What they want is for her not to be challenged. And how marginalizing is that? First of all, you take away her resume points, right? Shannon Bremis told told us right here on our show how impressive her resume is. Um, You take away those points and you replace them with, well, she should just punch them in the mouth when they ask Mm. her anything. I mean, what is Ellie Mistel? What is he doing? He can't take a little debate. And by the way, do we want anybody to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court who can't take a little debate, who can't answer questions? No, they want a quiet little woman. Mm. I guess that's what the president asked for. In other Supreme Court news, Justice Clarence Thomas remains hospitalized because of an infection that is being treated. 
More than 500 workers at a Chevron Corporation refinery in the San Francisco Bay Area went on strike early Monday in a contract dispute. Energy analyst Tom Closa with OPIS says the Chevron refinery strike should not affect prices at the pump. History shows that refinery strikes don't typically have an impact on the price of fuel, whether you're talking gasoline, diesel, or jet fuel. Closa says gas prices may be down today, but doesn't believe they will continue to drop much over the next few weeks. Most of the decrease seen in the last eight days uh, will probably flatten out or we'll see some increases in some places. Closa also believes the real inflationary concerns are with diesel fuel. You might not think about it if you don't drive a truck that uses diesel or uh, you drive a high-end car that does use diesel. But it's something that really powers the world economy. And uh, it will result in really stiff fuel surcharges for all sorts of freight. The Moscow Stock Exchange has partially reopened for the first time since the day after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but only for trading in government bonds. This is just Russian government bonds that have been opened up, so really only a very partial amount of the stock exchange that's been reopened. But even that, at the moment, the price index has fallen by 9.4%, which is the lowest it's been now since December 2014. But still a stage of of trying to sort of reopen, trying to, to bring some level of normality back. Although, of course, the impact of the sanctions will still be having a very strong effect on Russia and its economy. And finally, spring is in the air and so are threats of severe weather. A dangerous outbreak of severe storms is threatening the south again with tornadoes, damaging winds, large hail and flooding rainfall. National Weather Service meteorologist Zach Taylor says the strong spring storm is bringing severe weather throughout the deep south. There's potential for um, repeating rounds of heavy rainfall and thunderstorms. Some of those thunderstorms could produce uh, totals of three to five inches through tomorrow morning, particularly across eastern Texas, northwest Louisiana, and southern Arkansas. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.